0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Did you enjoy that extra hour? <clears throat> yeah, can I tell you, I don't know I ever really enjoy it. I mean, it's like 11 o'clock last night. I'm like, oh, I can stay up later. It's only really 10. Right? Or you wake up at the same time anyways. But anyways, I like that it's lighter, darker, all that kind of stuff. But we're glad you had an extra hour to sleep, get ready, to get ready to come to church today, bring somebody, had extra hour to invite somebody this morning, amen? And we had a great time. We can tell we need to back everything up an hour. We just had an amazing time in worship. We just entered in fully, right? We just really engaged the Lord. Aren't you appreciative of our worship team just being sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Amen? <clears throat> Love it the freedom to be sensitive to leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He never leads you astray, does he? He just leads you right in line with God's goodness and God's word. So thanks for coming out this morning. A couple of announcements before we get into the word. I just want to let you know a couple of things. Uh, you saw some things on Tree TV, of course, and then I also want to make you aware of a few things that Oh, uh, let's see, I was going to say that I didn't bring with me. Here we go. <clears throat> I'll let you know it is Mission Sunday today. As you saw Pastor Dave uh, share on the video, Tree TV, uh, the first Sunday of every month, we try and designate uh, Mission Sunday so we can, well, we do designate that. So we can ask your family to pray and see what God would have you give above your tithe and to some of the things that we're doing here and around the world. You saw Thanksgiving outreaches coming up and there's many things happening, whether it be India or Mexico and other places as well. We want to encourage you to see what you do as a family. Plan and, and come on Mission Sunday, to ready to give above your tithe. A couple new things when you came in this morning. If you came into the gathering place, then you saw there's a, a mission store. We announced that a few weeks ago. And really, kind of what, what that is is my wife and I realized a few years ago. We brought some things back from Mexico, and then my brother did, uh, Pastor Jeff of Arbol de Vida. Brought some things back, put them on a the table, and said, consider just donating uh, some money for an item, and then you, uh, that money will all go into missions and help the needs around the world and here locally. What we're doing. We saw a great response to that. So this summer, when my family was in Mexico with the missions team and then at Audible De vita my wife and I just actually I think it was Camry, my youngest kind of had the idea rise up in her what if we just bring some things back open up a store Uh, they're less expensive there in mexico some of the neat things that you'll see and so we just as a family started buying things and we brought it back we had my brother bring some things out and all the proceeds for that go into directly into our missions fund and so it's a great way i think for us to continue to add more to our missions fund so we can do more around the world and reach more people so everything that you see in that store uh that all that you can give above that very generously all that profit or proceeds however you say that goes into the mission's Fund. On top of that, I think it's kind of neat to get something tangible. And so you have something maybe in your home to pray. You'll see it. It'll remind you to pray for the lost and hurting around the world and be reminded of what we do. So I think that's just a great thing to do. Also, on the first Sunday of every month as Mission Sunday. We want to provide a meal for you. I want to encourage you that if you're going to go spend money on a meal after church, or maybe you're going to go home and you would decide maybe to stay and eat while the food lasts, that uh, my family, we're going to be out there for lunch, but all the proceeds from the lunch as well go into the Missions Fund. We're just trying to create a greater awareness in all of us to be sensitive to the loss and hurting here locally and around the world. Amen. And that's a good thing to do. So, And I just want to encourage you to get on board. Amen. You can give, you can clap, you can clap right now. You can give us a golf clap. That's okay. I'm okay with that. <clears throat> but uh, I just want to let you know that we are making a difference. We're going to bring an update here soon, and all that is important for the kingdom. And so you'll have an off- uh, opportunity at the end of the service and our offering to do that as well, or participate in that. You can do that anytime, so thank you for that. And just so you know that today, in fact, and Audible de Vida, our sister church in Leon, Mexico, it, it, they are celebrating their sixth anniversary. So let's give a big shout out to six years of being a tree of life <clears> to <throat> that part of the world. Amen? So... <clears throat> Talked to Pastor Jeff this morning. They're really excited. In six years, God really has done some amazing things. So they recently a year ago moved into a new building, and they're running between four or five hundred every Sunday. Lives are changed. Thousands get saved through outreach and missions trips, and you're a part of that. You're a part of that. Our monies go every month to help support that. Different projects and construction and outreaches, and then people go as well. So you have a part to play in all that. So thank you for being so generous and helping them be a tree of life to that part of the world. So thank you for that. I want to let you guys know also that um, in the next two weeks on Wednesday night, um, my mom, Karen Duncan Flanagan, one of the founders of the church. yeah, yeah. They're all sitting right around you. Your followers right there. Okay. Uh, so they uh she is going to be ministering the next two wednesday nights on prayer And so I want to encourage everybody, Wednesday night's a great night to go to church, period. We have the word is brought, the different members of the staff, pastoral staff and leadership will bring the word, just really powerful time, great fellowship, great worship. Uh, But we really felt it was uh, important for us to focus some more on prayer. And so uh, my mom is the founder of the church, just has a heart for the church. Uh, She's a real intercessor, a real prayer warrior. So if you don't normally, or you're not normally able to make it on Wednesday, I would suggest that you find a way to come out on Wednesday night, but at least for the next two, but anytime you can. And hear a word specifically on prayer. We need to be people of prayer, amen? Every single one of us in God's house is a house of prayer. So I want to encourage you on that. The next couple of Wednesday nights, come and be a part of that. And last but certainly not least, I know there's a lot of announcements, but we need to say this vote everybody vote. You need to vote. Many of you have already voted. My wife and I, we've already voted early voting. Um, Tuesday is the day. Whatever you need to do and your schedule-wise, do it. It is an obligation. It is a privilege. It is an honor as an American and as a Christian to vote. So you need to make sure you do that. I had somebody ask me last week in the gathering place, Asked me about the candidates and, and voting. They weren't necessarily asking me who I was voting for, but how do you weigh out everything? And, and now voting is a very personal thing and so I just basically encouraged him in this. I said, you know, here's what I do. Uh, I spend some time in prayer, specifically in prayer, but understand that the Holy Spirit in prayer will lead you to the word. So and the Holy Spirit will not do anything outside the word of God it'll point you back to the Word of God. So I spent time, you spend time in the Word of God and you look and see what the candidates stand for, what they do. Don't listen to the media, either way, however that goes. You go to what you know the candidates stand for, then you look and find it in the Word and then you you vote accordingly. And so that's all I want to say. I don't want to influence anybody, but um, my, because my heart is everybody needs to make a godly decision. And so that's something that you need to do. But can I say this? I don't believe you have the option of not voting. I, I don't believe that's an option. So, You'll have to weigh that out with the Lord and look in the scripture, and we need to be uh, very prayerful and uh, very purposeful in our voting. Amen? Amen. All right. Go ahead and get your Bibles out. Let's look into the Word this morning. We are starting a new series. It's a four-week series. I'm calling it More, um, because there's always more that God has for you. In fact, really, kind of the title came from, the series came from the idea, we just finished about six weeks or seven weeks of uh, Unbroken, How to Live unbroken in a broken world uh, the key word we use throughout the course of that is covenant covenant really relates to everything we do everything we are if you'll notice the words that we've been singing this morning at things say in jesus name i know who i am i know what's been done uh, sickness has no power here uh, because of the covenant that you have with jesus in the work of the cross amen so, his name is important because when you entered to a covenant, when you gave your heart and life to him and you had that divine exchange, you got his identity, you got his authority, you got his name. It's because of the covenant. So, we spent some time talking about that relationally. And then the last two weeks, as it relates to our, our body, our mind, the work on the cross, the covenant of healing and wholeness. I could have added these next two uh, Sundays in with that, but I wanted to package them with another topic we're going to spend the month on. And so, let me give you those two topics, and then the ushers are going to lock the doors and uh, not let you leave until we're done. Uh, basically, it really was in my heart to share uh, one more. There's more to being a covenant person, being a child of God or following the things of God. And so two of our core values here, which are extremely important to your life, experiencing what God, more of what God has for you. Uh, but it's, you understand, it's applying the word of God to your life, not just hearing. But it's applying the word, to your, to the word of God to your life as a covenant person that releases the power of God in your life. And the two topics are this. These next two weeks, we're going to talk about Prosperity which I know kind of makes some people cringe. And I, and I understand, and I'll tell you why in a minute. And then the last two weeks, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, because we believe in the person and power of the Holy Spirit here. To which some people are saying, now, man, I really like this church, Pastor. Why do you got to go there? Why do you got to talk about my money and speaking in tongues? And can I say, because it's a part of who we are. It's a part of who we are, what we see so clearly in the Word. So... I don't apologize for that. It is who we are. I believe it is for everybody. And I believe if you're not operating on those things, then you're definitely missing out on the more that God has. And so I know with those two topics, however, I, so can I say it now, come back. Don't say what you're going to preach on. <laughs> All right? It's that wrestling. Don't say it because it won't come back. Come back because what I'm going to show you is the word of God, not my opinion. And so then you can base your decision for you and your family on the word of God. But it's for me and my house, we believe very strongly in the tithe and we believe very strongly in, in the power of speaking in tongues. So, um, and, and, and I hope that by now, if you've been coming, we haven't, we've shown you that we're not crazy or weird or anything like that. can I see if people are crazy and weird with speaking in tongues, it's because they were crazy and weird before that. (laughs) It's true, okay. So let's get into the first one, uh, prosperity, which is kind of, ah, kind of a cringe word. I know, all you want's my money. And I say, really, God doesn't need your money. Right? You need to follow God's plan for your money. That's just really what it amounts to. God has a plan which is better than your plan. He lays it out there in his word. He's obligated to his word. It's part of acting and operating in the covenant and God says I'll never break my covenant. I'll never take a word back. So as long as you operate in the covenant then you're covered by God and what God wants to do in and through your life. And so really it is something that's to our benefit. If you want more of what God has for you, then you need to apply these things to your heart, to your life, and walk in them. And the Bible says that they will produce, God's word does not return void. So when we talk about, uh, the, but I know the idea of talking about money is really kind of frustrating. And so can I, can I tell you, I get it. I know why, and I get frustrated. I know people in my position and preachers and stuff, I know they abuse it for their own gain and stuff. And that was never God's intent, but God has a lot to say about finances because he knew it'd be one of our greatest struggles. And so there's more on finances and stewardship and giving in the scripture than on heaven and hell and faith combined. And so because God knew that would be our struggle, so we need the truth of God's word. Now our problem is, much like our healing we talked about the last few weeks, is our experiences that we've had and things that we hear from other people. Here's what I found out, that most people make decisions based on what somebody else says or what's comfortable to them. They haven't really studied it out for themselves. And so I want to lay some things out these next couple of weeks to give you an opportunity to look in the word for yourself. And can I say, do that every week not just on these topics. Every time I bring a word or one of our pastors or guests or our leaders bring a word from the pulpit here, take time to go back and look it over in the scripture. Don't just take their word for it. Take God's word for it and study it out. And so the Holy Spirit will always point you back to the Word. So He helps us discern right and wrong based on the Scripture. So I'm going to encourage you in that. Um, I know because it's been abused. And I can I can I tell you, God's really checked me on this, and I'm going to have to repent afterwards. But sometimes when I'm not sleeping or whatever, I get up and I watch late night TV and I flip through and I find the guys, the TV preachers, and I don't know why do I just punish myself? to get so mad and angry at that, like it's going to help me go back to sleep. But um, now if they were just preaching, maybe. But (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. But if they're just talking about, you know, send. $1,000 a thousand dollar uncommon seed, and God's going to break the curse of poverty off your life. Or uh, Philippians 4:19, "All my needs are met according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus, which through Christ Jesus refers to the covenant. But so send 419 dollars, Philippians 4:19. 419, uh, send 300 dollars, the first 300 people to send 300 dollars. like God's going to run out of resources if you're number 301. Right? <laughs> And this one is the last one, and I got to move on this because I want to keep my heart right. It's like, you know, it's like, I just want to, and say, it's like, if you'll give a donation of $100, I'll get you a bottle of Miracle Pond water out back for you to be a blessing to you. And can I just say this, and I I know, Lord, forgive me and all that. It just frustrates me. I know why people have a bad picture of it all. Just follow the word. Just follow the word of God. God's obligated to the word. Just do what the word says. You don't have to do all these crazy other kind of things. And I, again, try not to judge that, but I want to look at the word of God and say, the Bible says I bring my tithe into the storehouse if I give offerings to missions and to those in need, and, and I give even a cup of cold water. The Bible says that God will bless me and take care of me doesn't have to get anything but the word of God. In fact, I heard this story one time. This church said that if you give $1,000, then you can pick the next three hymns. Anyone that gives $1,000 can pick the next three hymns. And so an old, old widowed lady from the back came up with her $1,000. I got my $1,000 and gave it to the pastor and, and said, okay, you get to pick. And she goes, I pick him and him and him." <laughs> All right. Now we're ready. Now we're ready. Had to lighten the mood up a little bit there. Talking about your money, gotta make you laugh. <clears throat> All right, let's look at the word prosper. Because prosperity, the prosperity message, are you one of those prosperity people? I think just people have a misunderstanding of what it is, and I want to say yes in the proper context. You'll see it this morning. But the word prosper is uh, really the Hebrew word. You need to go back to the original language in the scripture. The Hebrew word, uh, which you can see it on the screen there, it's pronounced salak, something like that anyways. God, it's a little hard, <laughs> salak. The Hebrews just ah, anyway, salak. And that really doesn't have, honestly doesn't have much to do with money. The word really has more to do with the condition of your soul than with your money. In fact, prosper in Hebrew means to push forward. In the original language, it means to push forward. In other words, you'll obtain some things on your own that you'll do and obtain it in life, but there are times that God will give you a little push forward to help you obtain some things you wouldn't get on your own. Or God will prosper you into things that you wouldn't get on your own. And let me say it this way. God wants to give you a little push forward in your marriage so you can obtain and walk in some things you can't just do on your own in your marriage. God wants to give you a little push forward or prosper you in your family in relation to your kids because there's some things you're just not going to obtain in your kids without a little push forward from God. And boy, is that true in this world today? If we're just looking at the norm or just what everybody else is doing, come on, we need a little push forward to go beyond the norm, go beyond what everybody else is walking in. And that's why God says, I want to prosper you or give you a little push forward in things and areas of your life that you can't obtain any other way. Yeah, you can accomplish some things. We're all, we've been gifted, we have training, we have experience, but can I tell you that's not enough? I want all God has, I want more. I want a little push forward from God. I want him to prosper me. I want him to bless me and the areas of my life. And in order to do that, I need to follow God's word and do what he's asking me to do. It's as simple as that. And so it talks about that in the scripture. And so we need to be very mindful of our uh, obligation to God's word as a covenant. And when we do that, the response is God prospers us. So God's, and let me say this, God's not shy when it comes to his word prosper. We're a little embarrassed. It's that prosperity message or whatever. Well, it's, it's been abused, but on that reality, God's not shy about the word prosper. We shouldn't be either. Let's look at Genesis 26, 12 through 13. It says this, and here's a story uh, that will help illustrate God's desire to bless us or prosper us. There's a famine in the land <clears throat> that's going on. and so that Then it says, then Isaac sowed in that land, there was great famine, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Understand what it's saying here is Isaac's in a place where there's famine in the land. No one's really getting much of anything out of the land, but he sowed, and there was a a, a reaping to come from sowing, but God went above and beyond, and it says, in that same sowing and reaping period, he reaped a hundredfold, which means God went above the normal reaping. God pushed him beyond the normal reaping, and the Lord blessed him there. That's our same word. So listen, when you do what God says, he'll push you beyond the normal experience Or the normal reaping. Why? Because he loves you, because he has a covenant with you, and because he wants you to be a blessing. We'll get to that in a moment. But let me just illustrate this further where he talks about, he's not shy of the word prosper. Look at the next verse. The man began to what? And continued what? Until he became very what? Is God trying to get something across to us right there? I mean, maybe the sharpest guy around, but I mean, he's just getting real repetitive right there. He's proving the point is God's desire is to give you that push forward in every area of your life. If you will trust him, God wants to give you a push forward and so you can walk in things and obtain things that you can't normally. Now, having said that, let's keep in mind and keep that in the proper context. We'll get that in just a moment. But God's not afraid of the word prosper. Let's take a look at Proverbs eleven ten. Here's what it says. When the righteous, God's people prosper, the city rejoices. It's good for you to prosper for those roundabout you will benefit from it hey. It's good for the church to prosper even though the people that aren't churched or don't believe in God will ridicule us, will persecute us. It really, whether they know it or not, it's in their best interest for us to prosper because then we doing what we should do with being blessed is then we bless those round about us. We help raise through Thanksgiving outreaches. We help raise through the Family Life Center. We help raise through missions. The blessed church helps raise the level of living and impact and godliness of those round about us. We need to not run from the prosperity message. We need to embrace it in its proper context. And then, even those that persecute us that don't understand it are the ones that should benefit from it. And that's how people know that God's a good and faithful God. And so, let's understand that. And God's very, let's look at Proverbs 11 25. That's what it says. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. A generous person. When you're generous, God will give you a push forward. Why? Why does a generous person prosper? Because God never intended for those things to be just for you. So if you're generous to help others, God will give you a push forward. It's the Bible, what the word says. So understand that. Third uh, third John 1, chapter one, verse two. Listen to this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in what? All things, not just money. God wants to give us a push forward in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. God is about more than just the money. Let's not make it all about that. That does include some of that. <clears throat> Unfortunately, other people make it all about the money. God wants your marriage to prosper. God wants your family to prosper. God wants your emotions to prosper. He wants to push you for You know what? He wants to push you forward into joy so much so that when you get to work, you share joy with everybody at work. He wants to push you forward so much in peace so that when you get home, that peace is flowed out into your family and your marriage and your kids. Come on, let's get it in the proper context that God intended. God wants to give you a push for Why? Because He wants to use you to impact those around about you. Not just for you to hoard it, not just for you to keep it to yourself. That's outside. Now that's abused that way, and I agree, I see that. And I wish that wouldn't happen that way. Nonetheless, it does, but let's look into the word and see what the word says. So if that's the word prosper, what is the what is biblical prosperity then? Let's take a look at what biblical prosperity really is. And it's this, having more than you need so you can make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Let me read that again. Biblical prosperity, despite what people may think or say, is this, having more than you need so you can make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. So you don't just possess what you need. You need to have more than what you need If you're going to be a blessing to other people and God wants you to, because he wants you to be a blessing to other people. And here's why. Here's what we believe at tree, a core value. We believe that life on this earth, the scripture says, is but a vapor, but a mist. I mean, it is, in the scope of eternity, it's very small and goes very, very quickly. And so what we believe here at Tree of Life, then if that's true and it is because we see that in the word, we know that to be true, then we have a very short, limited time to make the biggest impact on this earth we possibly can. Because we're not promised tomorrow and much less are we know what anybody else is promised or what they're going through. And so we, we say this all the time, oh, if we only had more time, oh, if they only had more. Listen, let's not waste a moment of time and let's make the most of every opportunity to be as generous now as we possibly can because we don't know when our day is numbered and we sure don't know when other people's day are number, oh, I wish that wouldn't have happened. We could have done this. Let's not live that way. Our core value is that, listen, we're here one day, gone on the next, so let's make the most of today, the right now. Let's be as very generous as we can with our lives, with our words, with our touch, with the resources God's entrusted us with. And so it's very important for us to use our life, however long it is, on this earth to make the biggest difference we possibly can because once we find Jesus and we're alive to him in our life, then we live our life to help others find Jesus. Okay, so let's understand some biblical truths here. Number one, let me give you the first one. God blesses us to be a blessing. It's a Bible truth. God blesses us to be a blessing. That's why he blesses you. God blesses us with what he blesses us with so we can make a difference in the lives of other people. Not to hoard it up, not to put our chest out and say, look what I have, look how good God is. And God's not opposed to you having nice cars and houses and all that kind of stuff, but understand that the blessings of God is not just for you. And so can I say, if you have a nice big house, he gave it to you to host a small group. We'll talk more about that in the first of the year. All right? Let us know if you got that. Okay, We're, okay. all right. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> I'm blessed to be a blessing. Uh, you know, I, it, it's not to say just look how much God loves me. People ought to be able to look and see how much God loves you by how much you love other people. Well, it'll be a direct result. How much you love other people, God will love you to that measure. Well let me say this, He loves you as much as you can be loved. Don't me say it that way. but what you walk in we'll get that in a minute, get ahead of myself. You, you're love completely as much as God can love you, but what you're walking in, the blessings of the Lord, is not an indication of His love, it's an indication of your stewardship. in your heart, where it's at, lined up with God. OK, Galatians 3: 13 through14. Says this. Christ redeemed us. Now listen to this. Christ redeemed us, gave his life, bought us back, paid the price for our sin from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. He didn't need to do it for him, he did it for us. For it is written, Curses everyone who hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might Come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Understand what's being said here, that what is the opposite of cursed? Blessed. Jesus became cursed so we could become? Blessed. Covenant. And so he says that I'm going to make you blessed. I'm going, to, I'm, I'm going to do away with curse. I'm going to become the curse. I'm going to pay for the curse so you can be blessed. And what you do with your blessing it's the same thing that he said Abraham's to do. So we got the blessing of Abraham. He redeemed us, he blessed us from the curse in order that the blessings given to Abraham might come through Christ Jesus and so it was the promise of the spirit. So let me, let me say this, the curse has been removed so we can be blessed or walk in the blessings of Abraham. What Therefore we need to know what were the blessings of Abraham for? What were the blessings of Abraham for then? So here's what it says, the blessings of Abraham, Genesis 12, two, New Living Translation. I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. Why did Jesus remove the curse from our life? So we could be a blessing to others. It's God's word, not my word. So Jesus hung on a cross so you can go to heaven one day, absolutely, but until then, while you're on the planet, he hung on the cross so you could be a blessing to other people. It's a blessing of Abraham, that's what he did it for. So you could do this. I will bless you and you will be a blessing to others. So God says he's gonna bless Abraham. But understand this, the blessing comes with a responsibility. We We stand on the promises of God, I'm standing on the promises, I got my promises of God. Do you know every promise has a premise? In other words, every promise has a condition to it. That if you do this, I'll do that. If you confess Jesus is Lord and Savior, he'll forgive your sins, right? Old things will become new. Everything is like in the scripture. And so we have a responsibility to operate the word of God. There's things we need to do to receive or walk in the promises and blessings of God. And he says that he needs us to be his hands and feet. He needs us to be a blessing to other people. Listen, you cannot give what you do not have. So God needs you to have so you can give. Biblical truth number two. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs. When we bless others, God's taking care of our needs. And can I say, I'd rather have God taking care of me than me taking care of me? And can I say, I really like me. I'm gonna take really good care of me. But even at that, God takes better care of you than you ever could. And so I'd rather have God taking care of me. So I need to be aligned with the word of God. So don't ever put your security at a place where you can say or think that you don't need God. I can take care of this, God. I got this. God obligates himself to his word to take care of you. And it's like this, the picture I would give you would be like this. He's looking for us to be a big, giant funnel. God wants to funnel resources. He has all the resources this world needs. He wants to funnel resources through people that will be his hands and feet. And when he funnels resources through us to other people, he says that he will take care of us. If we'll take care of others, he'll take care of us. If he can get it through you, he will get it to you. How he gets his resources to people in need or people that don't even know him is by giving, funneling resources to people that do know him that are willing then to use those to make an impact in other people's lives. And if you'll continue to position yourself to do that, God will keep sending it your way. Just as we would. I mean, why would we manage things any different? If you're going to give stuff and your resources and stuff to people that are wasting it and squandering it not doing anything with it or not doing what you want with it and you think you're going to want more, he's going to give you more just because you have a need, I don't do that with my own kids. What did you do with the last stuff I gave you? Just sitting in your room, still in the box, on the shelf, wasted, squandered, you didn't do anything with it. I'm not going to come and ask me for more, no. I mean, I'm not trying to be ugly, I'm, that's the word at how much more Heavenly Father. He's got a whole lot more resources if we will allow him to use us in a way. Well, I say, if we will position ourselves to let it go through us, he will make sure that we get it. I think that's something that we have to be very mindful of. We have to get away from this me first idea or mentality. You know, there's nothing God wouldn't do for a person that has that kind of attitude, to be honest with you. Let's look and see what it says at Luke 18, 29 through 30. Jesus said to them, anyone, say anyone, Anyone who gave up his home, wife, parents, brothers, children, because of God's kingdom, will certainly receive, what's that next word? many times as much in this life. Listen, many times as much in this life and will receive eternal life in the world to come. Listen, what he's saying here is if you will walk in this principle, know that you're blessed to be a blessing. If I can get it to you and through you, I'll take care of you, not just here on the earth. In fact, on the earth, you'll receive many times over what you gave up, but I'll also take care of you in heaven. It's a win-win. Here's the problem I believe. I, I believe the problem is that we're, we're too earthly-minded. And we're, we're, we want this kind of life right now on the, on the earth and stuff like that. In the heaven, I'll, in the heaven I'll, it'll be great. In heaven, I, streets of gold, I, I got a mansion. It's gonna be awesome. I just gotta make it through today. I gotta make it through this life. And I'm gonna try and make it through the best I possibly can. And God says, we need to be heavenly minded. But God says, if you'll put me first with this principle, I'll take care of you not just in heaven, but I'll take care of you right in the good old here and now. In fact, he says, I'll bring heaven to earth on your behalf. And it's not so you can walk around and say, look at me, look what God's given me. It's so you can help impact other people's lives. So honestly, there's a real humility associated with that when we'll humble ourselves and put other people first. But isn't that what Jesus did? God's not asking us to do anything that he's not already done. So here's what we ought to do. We ought to to do this. I will not trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. We don't trust in riches, but in him who richly provides. Why put your hope in the provision when you can have it in the provider? Put your hope in the provider, not the provision. Let's depend on God to make the biggest difference we can. One more truth. The more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless others. The more God blesses us, the more he expects us to bless us. Can I, let me say it this way. Excuse me, as Americans, we live in the greatest country on the planet. We are super blessed to be Americans. Can I say this? As Texans, we live in the greatest state in the United States of America, right? We're really blessed. And can I say this? As Tree of Lifers, we have the best church at <laughs> our I say that very humbly, I say that very humbly. I think every pastor should have that attitude, right? Every church should have that attitude. But listen, with that much blessing comes much responsibility. It really does. And I read a study, I heard a study, it was this, if your household income, combined household income, if your combined household income is 40, or I can't remember if it was 40,000 or 44,000, you're among the 1% richest people on the planet. That's if you got two or three incomes coming in, you add all those together, if it's $40,000 a year, you are the one at uh, the top 1% of wealthiest people in the world. Let's put it in a proper perspective. We are super blessed to be Americans. We're super blessed to be Texans. And I think we're super blessed to be a Tree of Lifers. But with that comes great responsibility, Tree of Life. And thank you for being so generous. And God's blessed us with much. So, Luke 12, 48, Living Bible says this Much is required from those to whom much is given, for their responsibility is greater. Understand that you're blessed to be a blessing, and the more God blesses you, the more he expects us to bless other people. Now we're blessed, but we shouldn't feel guilty about it. We don't feel guilty about it or anything of that sort. We're blessed, we shouldn't feel guilty about it. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. God does not want us to feel guilty, he wants us responsible. He doesn't want us guilty. He wants us responsible. So we, can't, we say, okay, God, since we live in 2016, we live in America, we live in Texas, we're part of this church, what would you have me do? Because here's what I want. I want to stand before God one day, and I believe this is all our hearts. I want to stand before God one day and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I mean, I I don't want to just get to heaven. I'm thankful that I'm getting to heaven because of my salvation, but I, I want to stand before God because eternity is so much longer, and there's so many things the Bible talks about, storing up treasure in heaven. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Can I tell you, you can get to heaven and not be a good servant of the Lord? Can I tell you, you can get to heaven and not be a faithful servant of the Lord? So I believe not everybody that gets to heaven is gonna hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because that is a direct result of what did you do with what he gave you. But you determine that. The devil doesn't determine that. Other people don't determine that. And really, honestly, God doesn't determine that because he's gonna resource those who blesses like he wants them to bless. To do. So you determine that. So, I mean, I, I think we all want to hear that, but it comes with the condition. What are you doing? You don't, it's not automatic. What are you doing with what he gave you? We're blessed, and that comes with responsibility. So we want to be blessed. The question might be, what causes it? Is there a cause and effect to that blessing? Let's look at Psalms 1 1 through 3. Here's what it says. I'm going to give you a few things real quick. You can write them down. Blessed is the one, listen to this. Blessed. A a, a push forward is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, but those who want to do what the word of God says. Blessed is the one who does the word of God and who meditates on his law day and night. So blessed is the one who does the word of God. Blessed is the one who thinks about doing the word of God. Blessed is the one who plans on doing the word of God. Blessed is the one who finds out what the word of God is and does it And so the Bible's very clear there. And so we need to do the things that the Word of God says to do. So let me give you just a few of those things. Number one, I'm blessed when I put God first. I'm blessed when I put God first. And that's an obvious one, but I don't think we always understand it or walk in it. But know this, God is very sensitive to being number one. In fact, the Bible says in his name is jealousy. And the first commandment he gave is thou shalt not have any other gods before me. God's very serious about being number one in your life. He doesn't mind you having other loves, but he does mind if you have other loves ahead of him. And let me say this so boldly, if I I could, this way. He's not wanting to just be on your list. He's not content to be on your list. If he's not at the top of the list, I believe he's not on your list because he doesn't go second fiddle to anybody. So he's very serious about being number one. You put God first and you will walk in the blessings of God. You will be blessed because of that. This is a big principle principle to God, so look for ways to put him first. Why are we looking for ways to not put him first? That is not in our best interest, can I just tell you that? Why are we looking for ways not to be generous? Why are we looking for ways to not be a blessing? That is not in our best interest. And we got it mixed up. We, we think we're thinking about us. is in our. It's not. It's thinking about others and putting others first. Find ways to communicate that he is first in your life with things that you have. Listen, it, it doesn't just deal with money, but putting him first is a big decision in everything. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then... Here's what you do. You put them first. First fruits. We talk about that. We'll talk about next week. The tide. Bring the first part into the Lord. Return it back to him. It says, then, there's a condition. You do that, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new new wine. You put him first, then he'll fill your barns to overflowing. I'm just going to wait and see how much I get, and then I'll give him some of that. Oh, no. It's not what it says. Okay, I'm blessed when I maintain my integrity. I'm blessed when I maintain my integrity, as I maintain my integrity. And this just makes sense because God has resources and he's looking to give them to those who handle them well. It's no different than us. We kind of already talked about that. Handling things well or getting things in order is attractive to God. Psalms 84, says this. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Now listen to this. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk is blameless. No good thing does he withhold from those who call him father who are his children. Mm, doesn't say that. No good thing does he withhold from those who are desperate in need. Mmm. I don't read that there either. No good thing does he withhold from those who have their life in order with his word. No good thing does he withhold from those who put him first. No good thing does he withhold from those who steward resources he's trusted them with and the way he would want them stewarded. Um, Study that out right there. That's what the Bible says. All I'm doing is reading the Bible to you. We got to get our life in order. When you get things in order, the God who has stuff says, if that's the way you're going to be, let me push you forward a little bit more. That's what He says, I am blessed when I give intentionally. As I give intentionally, the key word is intentionally. I'm gonna be thoughtful and mindful about it. I'm gonna have a giving plan. I'm going to have a generosity plan. Each one of us should have a giving strategy. Be intentional. My family, the Duncan family, we know. We never question. We never doubt. We are tithers. As for me and my house, we tithe. We plan every time we have increase. We know we're returning 10% back in the Lord. We'll talk about that next week. It's so what we see in the Scripture. But we also know that God's blessed us, so we know that not only do we tithe, then we give an offering above our tithe. So we give an offering to missions. Mission Sunday, we plan to give on Mission Sunday every time it comes around. We plan to give generously to people people in need, not just within these walls, but outside these walls, that when we're at Walmart and God puts something in our heart, we'll buy groceries, or we see someone in need, we'll give them something to help them about, and our heart is, God, if you bless us with more, we have a strategy for that too, you bless us with more, we got a plan. We give, we have a plan to give to the building that we're building. Give faithfully, give generously. We have a plan to, to give, just not finances and money, to give that cup of water. Whenever we have, listen, you need to have a strategy. If not, you'll get distracted by this world and the world will distract you and keep you from doing what God wants you to do. We have a strategy. We give. We tell God, if you bless us with more, we're gonna do more. And Here's what we're gonna do. 2 Corinthians nine ten through 11 says this. Now he who supplies seed to the What? Seed to the sower, not seed to the eater. Don't eat your seed. A farmer will tell you that. You don't eat everything that comes in on the harvest. You don't have anything to sow. It says, here's what you eat. Then he'll give you bread for food. And he says, Well, will also supply and increase your store of what? Seed. He'll make sure. But you got seed is to be sown. You got seed going out. You got seed going out. He'll make sure you have bread to eat. But he's going to increase, not your bread you eat. He's going to increase the seed you sow. So he's going to give you increase so more can go out, not so you can just gather more and more and more stuff. So understand it right here. You increase your store of seed and he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. Say every way. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be what? What? Generous, not a big shot or not, you know, boasting what you have. I didn't mean that, boasting what you have or anything. But you can be generous on every occasion in every way. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. What does that mean? That means that you have impacted people's lives and now they've been changing or celebrating God themselves. You got to get the principle, you got to get the understanding there. I will give intentionally. We need to be careful not be distracted from what's most important. And so here's what I believe. I believe the greatest reason we aren't generous is the illusion that earth is our home. We believe this is it. And this is the smallest part of what we will ever experience. Eternity is a whole lot longer. The truth is one day we'll all stand before God and we'll need to make the biggest difference we can for eternity here. I am blessed as I give generously. As I give generously. The word generous doesn't have to do with amount. It does not have to do with amount. It has to do with willingness. Generosity is a willingness principle. It's an attitude. Jesus said this in Luke 6, 38. Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. Listen to this last phrase. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. That's why when he talked about the widow's mite, the widow that Jesus walked there, watched everybody giving offerings, people were giving big time offerings. This lady gave all that she had, the widow's might, and she, she's the one he celebrated, Everybody else gave out of what they had, she gave out of what she didn't have, but it was the generosity, it was the heart principle, it was the heart attitude, the willingness to give out of what she had, what she didn't have, instead of people giving out what they had. Understand, God looks at the heart, God sees the heart, that generous heart, God's looking at the heart and he's looking for people to bless. Can I, let me say it this way, let's give God every reason in the world to bless us. Let's give him every reason to bless us. Let's put God first, let's get things in order, let's be intentional in our giving, let's give generously. Last one, I gotta close with this. I'm blessed as I stay dependent on God. As I stay dependent on God. First Timothy 617, Paul told Timothy, pastor of a church, tell your people, tell your church this. In fact, command your church this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to become arrogant nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. We put our hope in God. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. All my needs are met according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter the outcome of this election or what the economy may or may not do in accordance with it. It doesn't matter about Obamacare. It doesn't matter about the stock market. It doesn't matter about any of that. My hope is in the Lord and in the word that he gave me to live by. He will take care of me. That's why God's people should prosper in difficult times. Why? So everybody benefits. If if people that aren't God's people are prospering, they keep it. And people in need get more in need. But if God's people will do what God says to do with the right heart and position themselves, he'll give you a push forward so that you can impact and help more people around about you so they can know that there's a God in heaven that loves them. that's what that's all about. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope in this message is not to, I don't know, be disrespectful to anything else. I wanted to respect, however, the word of God and God, our provider. I wanted us to see what his plan for you and I to be blessed is so we can do that. And that is so we can be a blessing to other people. I want you to know that your way to a blessing financially or to freedom financially, or whatever that is, is through God's system, not through man's system, because God honors his word. And God's system is not based on the changing circumstances of the world round about us. I want to encourage you to take God at his word because he will not break his covenant. He'll not take back a single word. You can trust him. We hope that you enjoyed this message.